Welcome to another episode of Stuff You Should Know About IP. We are here today with special guest and good friend Jan Willem Hoodmakers. He is a chemical engineer by trade and a European patent attorney, currently working as head of IP for a technology licensor in the Netherlands. And Jan Willem, you have a, a really interesting story that you wanted to share with us and about uh, trademarks and trademark infringement. And so I'm just gonna kick it off straight to you. Why don't you share, share this interesting story that you were telling us the other day? Uh, yeah, this is the story of a uh, British comedian who decided to change his name to Hugo Boss. You've definitely heard of Hugo Boss. Absolutely. And the reason, yeah, and the reason he did that was he, he also, um, presents a, a program on uh, uh, one of the British uh, TV channels uh, where he acts as a sort of consumer champion and for uh, small businesses. So he found out this story about this small company, very small microbrewery called Bos Breweries. Mind you, not Hugo Bos Breweries, but Bos Breweries. And they received a letter from Hugo Boss, you know, the big fashion brand, that they should stop uh, calling themselves Boss Breweries and they couldn't produce Boss beer anymore because they were infringing the trademark of Hugo Boss. Yes. So, and I was thinking of my friend Tom, who knows a bit about trademarks and trademark infringement. And I had, I had just, a couple of questions, like one, the first one, is it possible to change your name to a trademark? And the second is, if you have a brewery called Boss Breweries, is that actually infringing a trademark for a fashion brand called Hugo Boss? Yeah, those, those, those were great. my questions. Yeah, those are great questions, Jan Willem. And by the way, I'm thrilled that you're doing this with us today, Jan Willem. As I've told you before, you're at least one of my top 20 favorite people on the planet. And considering there's 7.5 billion people and you're in my top 20, that's pretty good. I mean, I'm yeah. not that impressive. So, you know, maybe the top 20 of my list doesn't mean much, but you absolutely are. Yeah. How many so, friends do you have, Tom? I've got 18. So you're in the top 20. <laughs> I know 18 people. So you're in the top 20. Okay, well, uh, now, I feel you're in the top very Your wife's in the top 15 because she's got a better personality than you. But of course, yes. <laughs> anyway, that's a great question. So you turned me on to this case. I had never heard of it. This guy, Joe Lysette, changes his name to Hugo Boss as a protest against Hugo Boss's treatment of some small companies that they're suing. And when I first heard it, I had the same two questions you had. You know, one of your questions is, can you even change your name to a trademark name? And here's the answer. Yes, you can. Then the question is, can you use your name as a trademark, which he is not doing? So, but yes, you can. But there used to be this thing in the early 90s and before that as well, called your own name defense, right? So you're sued for trademark infringement for using your own name on products and services. And there was an own name defense. So you could always use your own name. And I still kind of had that in the back of my mind because 
when I grew up in law, that was the law, right? All over the world, you could have an own name defense. So when I went and did some research on it, I discovered the own name defense has been severely limited and in terms of trademark use, but you could always have a name, right? You could always have your name. So Joe Lysette mm -hmm. changes his name to Hugo Boss so that he can start talking about what Hugo Boss is doing, which is him. So mm -hmm. yeah, he can do that. But then the question is, why would Hugo Boss prevail against the Boss Brewing Company? And the first thing you got to think about is, let's look at trademark infringement law, right? All over the world. What's one of the key elements for trademark infringement? One of them is likelihood of confusion. And one of the ways you determine that is, well, yes, yeah, similarity of the marks, but also similarity of the products or services. Like, for example, if you're a harmonica company and you brand your harmonica's Ferrari, they're not similar at all, right? So you'd think there's no way there's a trademark infringement issue. Or let's use another creative one, a clothing company called Hugo Boss pursuing a beer company called Boss Brewing Company. They're not even close to the same products. And no one in the marketplace would ever think that Hugo Boss, the clothing company, would create a brewing company. It's just too dissimilar. So my first thought was, well, why would they even give in? There's no trademark infringement issue. But I forgot about trademark dilution. So another, form, another cause of action in the world of trademarks, in addition to trademark infringement, is something called trademark dilution. Have either of you guys heard of trademark dilution? I think I've heard I've heard the uh, the term, but I I don't really know what it means. Well, I thought it had to do I I thought it had to do with if a trademark was used um, as a more as a generic term like Velcro. Oh no, that does happen. Yes, a very famous or I mean a, a very well known and strong trademark like Velcro. And by the way, Velcro just so we're clear, it's still a trademark. But they're worried that Velcro could become generic and lose its trademark significance. But in this case, anti-dilution is intended to protect a select group of trademarks that are called famous trademarks. You know, McDonald's is a famous trademark. Ferrari is a famous trademark. And apparently, Hugo Boss is a favorite, famous trademark. And the law of anti-dilution all over the known world is essentially you cannot use a famous trademark regardless of your products or services. So if it's famous, if it's reached the status of famous, yeah. even if you have a totally dissimilar non-competitive product like a brewing company against a clothing company, you still can't use it. So- But they aren't using it. Exactly, they're, exactly. They're not called Hugo Boss Breweries. They're exactly, Jan Willow. I totally agree with you. And that is, okay, so the second question is, you don't have to prove likelihood of confusion anymore when you're in the world of anti-dilution. You do not have to prove similarity of products in the world of anti-dilution. But like you pointed out, Jan Willem, you do have to prove a similarity of the trademarks. For example, let's be extreme. Hugo Boss sues me for having my company called Gadget Inc. You know? They'd say, you know, we're a famous mark, so you're diluting our mark by using Gadget Inc. And I'd say, wait a second, Gadget is even close to Hugo Boss. Okay, now let's get a little bit closer. Let's call the company Boss Brewing. Mm -hmm. To me, the significance of Hugo Boss is number one, Hugo, right? 
That's way more powerful than boss. I mean, Bruce Springsteen's probably dying over the fact that people have been call him, calling him the boss a long time. And now maybe they can't do that anymore, right? Yeah. And, and boss is just such a generic term. I mean, there's, if we did a Google search right now, we'd probably find a ton of companies using boss as part of their products. Well, apparently Hugo Boss would go after them. So I agree with you, Jan Willem. I don't think, if I had to fight this, I'm their attorney. Boss Brewing Company calls me, Tom Colson, and says, will you represent us? Assuming I could figure out a way to do that in, in the EU, which I can't, but assuming I could, I'd love to take that case on. Because yeah. I don't care if your mark is famous, Mr. Hugo Boss. They're not using Hugo Boss. They're using Boss Brewing. And to me, it's just not, it's not, it's not causing dilution. It's not mm -hmm. causing tarnishment. Now, you may know this. They, they get to keep using Boss Brewing. They finally settled on changing the names of two of their beers. Did you read that, Jan Willem? Yeah, I heard that, yeah. Yeah, one of the but beers still, they were but, calling... But this was a bit. This was a bit of a problem. Um, uh, you say you would be you would be willing to take this one on. Um, this poor uh, Bos Brewing Company. They said they spent about twenty thousand pounds in uh, in litigation in four months. In four months. Yeah. Which is a huge amount of money if you are a microbrewery. Exactly. So, the problem for them was not that they didn't want to fight it. The problem was that at some point they couldn't anymore because they didn't have, they didn't have the money. And 20,000 pounds, I think, is probably somewhere between, uh, around between 25 and 30,000 dollars. So that's yeah. quite a lot of money for a small company. Exactly. So that's one of the... Now, if you happen to be a famous brand, what does that also mean? You're probably big, right? I mean, Absolutely. you probably have a lot of money. So you can bully other companies that are small, like the Boss Brewing Company, because they can't defend themselves. What if they were called the Gadget Brewing Company, and still they were sued by Hugo Boss? There's no way they could lose that case, but they can't afford to defend themselves, right? Yeah. So which, enter Joe Lysette, right? Enter Joe Lysette. Why? Because he's, he's sympathetic to the little guy. You know, it's just not fair because even though they're probably right that Boss Brewing Company is not diluting, it's not blurring or tarnishing the mark of Hugo Boss because it's not close enough in terms of the marks. They don't have any money to defend themselves. And you're right, 20,000 pounds for a microbrewery is painful. I mean, that's right out of your, you're not eating, you're not eating good dinners for like three months. You can't eat yeah. at your own brewery for like three months, right? You have to go yeah. home and eat your ramen noodles while all your friends are eating at your brewery because you just spent $20,000 on some attorney like me to defend yourself against Hugo Boss and you couldn't spend anymore so you couldn't actually win. You had to finally give in. So yeah, then how did yeah, they give I, I was wondering if you would do it cheaper, but... Yeah. <laughs> if we could go back in time, if you invent the time machine, Jan Willem, and we go back in time, I will represent them for free, pro bono. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's great. And then you know who you know how I'll get paid. I'll get paid on licensing revenues from your time machine, right? Oh, ah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's right. So, so what do they have to do? They have to change the name. The one beer was called Boss Black. They were forced to change it to Boss Brewing Black. And when I say forced to, the courts did not force them. They were running out of money. I'm sure. Bo yeah. Hugo Boss 
negotiated with them and they said, okay, fine, what do you want us to do? And then Joe Lysette pops onto the scene and he's shaming Hugo Boss, right? So they're getting mm -hmm. a little bit of pressure that way. So they're like, okay, fine, look, let's just change Boss Black to Boss Brewing Black. And they're like, ah, okay, whatever. And then they said, now you have a brand, a beer called Boss Boss. Now we don't like that because you're using Boss twice. Now you're not using Hugo at all, but you're using Boss twice. So that maybe makes uh -huh. up the fact that you didn't use Hugo. So they made him change it to Boss Bossy, okay? B-O-S-S, B-O-S-S goes to B-O-S-S, B-O-S-S-Y, Boss Bossy. And now everybody's good, except the Boss Brewing Company, who's out 20,000 pounds. Yeah, they are not happy. No, but let's look at the bright side for them, maybe. Because this got so much press and because Joel Isaac did his thing, Maybe they're getting, although there's a pandemic going on, so they can't get any customers now, but maybe if they could keep this in the news long enough, the moment, the very instant the pandemic ends, people will race to the Boss Brewing Company and buy their Boss, their boss Bossy and their Boss Brewing Black to make up for the 20,000 pounds they lost. Yeah, and maybe they can send up an online, send up an online business and send all the beer, because I'm sure that this kind of publicity you can't really buy. That's right. Yeah, they, you know, the funny, here's the irony. They don't have the money to buy this kind of publicity, right? No, <laughs> <laughs> no they, they, they have coverage on, on, uh, on national TV. That's right. Which normally such a small company would never get. Right, so they spent 20,000 20, pounds, pounds sterling on mm -hmm. advertising which they would have normally had to spend 100,000 or 200,000, yeah, maybe easily. a million before they got yeah. national rec recognition, international recognition, you know? Because I'll yeah. tell you, the first time I go to the UK, I'm going to the Boss Brewing Company. On my next yeah, trip to the UK, I'm going to the Boss Brewing Company. Yeah, that would, that would be fun. Let me know and take me, if, yes. if afterwards you come to the Netherlands, bring me a couple of bottles of beer. Yes, every as soon as this pandemic yeah. ends, we can go on planes again. Yes. Uh, my next trip, instead of having dinner at that German place we always have dinner at, that Indian place in Germany, whenever yeah. I come in, we're going to go, we're going to jump on a plane, or no, maybe we'll take a car to, um, to the channel, and then we'll channel over, and we'll go to the Boss Brewing Company. Yeah, yeah that's a good idea. Right, so, yeah, really, where in the UK it is. Yeah, we have to, that's that small detail we'll have to figure out. So yeah. maybe we could email Joe Lysat and ask him. Now, what if they had had registered? Because I know that with Trademark, um, you register them in certain classes. Right, yeah. Yeah, I so, so certain services. Now, if they had their Trademark registered, and let's, let's assume, that at that time, um, because I know you can have an opposition against the trademark uh, uh, for a certain period of time, but right. let's assume it had escaped the attention of the eagle-eyed lawyers at uh, Hugo Boss. Right. So they would have had a quantum trademark for Boss Brewery. If they would it have been much easier for them to defend them uh, in court against the cease and desist letter and, and to against Hugo Boss? You know, or that would could, that have made no difference? 
Yeah, that probably would have made no difference. But here's the thing. Think about it this way. Look at patents for a moment, because I know you're a patent expert. If you have a patent and I have a patent, I could still be committing patent infringement if I go to the marketplace if your patent is broader than mine, right? Yeah. If I have a patented product, it doesn't give me the right to go to the market with it. Trademark registration, though, should give you the right. And then what would probably yeah. happen is you still have your anti-dilution action because you might get the mark Boss Brewing and the person doing the examination did not consider the anti-dilution aspects of it because these people are not experts in everything, right? Uh -huh. By the way, there is no anti-dilution. Let's ignore that fact for the moment. Yeah. But, but then I would say that there would probably still be a trademark infringement action. And maybe there'd be an invalidation of the boss brewing mark if it got to that point and if they were right. But I would say that it would not have changed the outcome one bit. And the primary reason for that is money. And yeah. as Ray and I have talked about on many of these podcasts, there is the law and then there's money. And if you have the money, you pretty much can do not mm. anything you want because there are cases where lawyers will take matters on a contingent basis and attack somebody for patent infringement or trademark infringement and take a third. Not in Europe. Not, in, not in Europe. Oh, they can't do that in Europe. Well, well, well I, I do not know about the U. I don't know about the UK, but I do know that in the Netherlands, it's illegal for lawyers to um, to work on a on a contingent basis. So they yeah, cannot. To me, so. to, to me, that's that's unfortunate because the advantage of the contingent only case. I mean, personal injury lawyers in the U.S. get a bad reputation, right? Because they're. Yes. But here's the reality. If you have to pay a lawyer, you will almost never get justice if you're a little guy. Never. The yeah. only hope people have to enter the justice system, I mean, in a civil action, is with contingent-only lawyers. You take out the personal injury lawyers. There's even patent lawyers that will take cases on a contingent-only basis in the U.S. It used to be a big thing. There was these patent trolls out there. They're pretty much dying out. But it, it's the only way people can get redress. It's the only way people can get into the courtroom if you don't have a lot of money. The Boss Brewing Company couldn't sue anybody for trademark infringement or patent infringement or personal mm -hmm. injury if they didn't have contingent only lawyers. So that's unfortunate. But you'll never get one to defend you because if you're just defending yourself, there's no money in it. You can't, you can sure. never be a lawyer. See, so see, in, in, in Europe, the situation, the situation is, is that in a lot of cases that if, uh, if you win a case, a court will, uh, in a judgment, will say that the other party has to pay your costs. Hmm. Yeah. And in the U.S., that's the case as well. But it's not that it's not that normal. It's not. See, that, that, that was my question is, is in this if because in this case with the Boss Brewing Company, it's not it seems like it's not so clear cut and dry. I mean, obviously, Hugo Boss has the power here, but it's a totally different product. The trademark doesn't even look that similar. And, and I'm going to, I'll put them on screen, um, actually, uh, when, we, when we release this. But uh, so, you know, is there some kind of safeguard in place to prevent these big companies from bossing <laughs> these people around, uh, these smaller companies around, um, in this case, literally? Um, mm -hmm. and, and Jan Willem, you mentioned that, that you could recover damages in some places at least for legal fees, but what about the lost opportunity, you know, um, and, and maybe having to cease and desist for a period of time um, mm -hmm. or, or, you know, 
having to focus all of your energy on defending yourself and not running your you business. Will never get, you will never get that back. That is one of the that is that is one of the things also which I believe in uh, patent infringement. Um, when you start, when you have a case of patent infringement, you will have your best people and your best technical people to support a particular case. Hmm. And in the end, it means that you don't use those particular people to do the best innovation you could have done. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, you'll never get it's, that. Uh, maybe, you maybe you never got that paid. I don't think so. More likely in the, US, in the EU than they do in the US. Maybe they give mm -hmm. more. But even that, it's such a risk because what lawyer is going to take a case Maybe this case you might take, but it has to be a frivolous action to get legal fees, probably. If it's a legitimate action, you're not going to get legal fees. It's only probably in the cases where it's just totally, clearly bullying or frivolous or something like that. So mm -hmm. I think you'd be hard pressed. But again, if it wasn't for this global pandemic, Boss Brewing would have a benefit of all this advertising. I had this friend that was owned a company called the Buffalo Beast. It was a Buffalo newspaper. And mm -hmm. he sold his trademark rights to the Daily Beast. And then he kept using his trademark. And every time they'd threaten him or sue him, he would bring that up and he would get all kinds of publicity around the fact he would show the complaints against them, you know, like he was getting a ton of publicity with all this litigation. And that's kind of what I feel like here is that Hugo Boss might have helped the Boss Brewing Company more than they hurt the Boss Brewing Company. Because look at in the end, they spent 20,000 pounds. They had to change Boss Black to Boss Brewing Black. Who gives a crap? And also Boss Boss to Bossy Boss, Boss Bossy, probably better name anyway. So they didn't really lose mm -hmm. that much other than the 20,000 pounds, but they got all kinds of fame. They probably post the complaint up there on their wall. They talk about it all the time with their customers. Yep. And then Joel Isaac changing his name over them. I mean, they didn't Mm -hmm. By the way, he has changed the last story. Yeah. Is he has changed his name back to Joe Lysett. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. He changed it in like May 3rd or, or March 3rd or something. Changed it back yeah. by like April 20th or something. Uh-huh, yeah. He benefited too because he got a lot of fame and recognition yeah. because we are talking about it. This is the most famous podcast on earth. Billions of people are watching our podcast. And Joe, wait, did I say billions or dozens? I can't remember. Can't remember. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> somewhere in between, I think. That's right. That's right. But people are talking about it. So Joe Lysette wins too. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Boss wins because they ended up looking like, you know, we'll, we'll give in. And they actually, it's almost like this is a win, win, win. People yeah, it doesn't happen very much in, the, in these. Although I don't think it's a win, win for uh, Hugo Boss because they probably, they look, um, they look like idiots and they look like the bad guy harassing small companies. Um, and they probably also spent 20,000 uh, pounds, uh, yeah, probably more. more actually. Yeah, they probably um, spent times that. Yeah, because they have more expensive lawyers. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I'm sure Hugo yeah. Boss are pretty expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this was a really great episode, um, and uh, I, Young Willem, really appreciate you bringing this, both of these stories to our attention. Um, really interesting, and I hope that the viewers out there like them. Um, so let, uh, we'll wrap this up, and we'll just say thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and if you enjoyed listening to us uh, talk about trademarks and trademark infringement today, please uh, like, comment, and subscribe, and share the podcast with your friends. Mm -hmm.